Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. You know, Paul has been sharing his testimony with Agrippa all week, and we're reaching the end of his testimony. Tomorrow, we're going to get to see Agrippa's response. But Paul starts off by sharing the hope that he has in God, in God's promises. And then he turns to the worst, lowest points of his life, and he says, man, I'm the chief of sinners. I am so bad. Look at what I did. And yet, he was transformed by meeting Jesus. And he shares about how he met Jesus, and he actually had a vision with Jesus. And now today, he's going to turn to obedience and how he obeyed what Jesus shared with him. There's a lot of verses in here, so we're going to try to get through them. But the idea is that at the end of this, we'll be challenged even more to invite someone to church and to share the gospel with somebody. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. It says, And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles. Now, when I hear that, I immediately think back to early in the book of Acts, where we read where Jesus, having appeared resurrected to so many people, he said, guys, you need to go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem was like their family, very close. Judea was the people that they were connected with, that maybe looked like them. Samaria was people who they knew, but didn't really connect with. They were different. In fact, they actually looked down on the Samarians and so on the Samaritans. And so uh, this is people who don't look like you. And then Jesus says to the ends of the earth, Paul is able to say, I preached in that order to all those people, both close and afar. And he's challenging us to do the same thing. And what was he preaching? Let's read the rest of it and we'll go back. He's preaching that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they've changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. Just a pause. He's preaching to the greatest. He's preaching to a king and a Roman governor, and he's surrounded by aristocrats, people in their fine robes and all the pomp, if you remember. And he's also preached to people in prisons, He's preached to people on death row. He's preached to people who are demon-possessed. He's helped people who are slaves. He's preached the least and the greatest. He says, I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Now, Paul is basically saying, look, The prophets proclaimed that the Messiah would come, that he would suffer, and that he'd be the first to rise, and that this would somehow show to everybody that God was going to do this new thing and raise us to new life. And I love that Paul, he goes back and he doesn't say, hey, I started with all the tradition of man. No, he starts with the prophecies given from God to us through the prophets. He names Moses, but there's many prophets. And I think it's really cool that he boils it down to that. Because when I was an early Christian, I often wondered like, well, why is Jesus so important? What does Jesus have to do with the story? And the more prophecies I read from the Old Testament about who Jesus was or who the Messiah was, the more I was moved by 
seeing who Jesus is and how he fits into the story. There are parts of Isaiah that if you read them, you would expect that they were written after Jesus's life. And yet they were written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years before Jesus. And so these prophecies, Jesus didn't get rid of them. He fulfilled them. And Paul is saying, look, I've done nothing but preach a continuation of the prophecies that were given to us in the Old Testament. These Jews who are accusing me, they've made up other rules. They are too busy thinking about themselves and their world and not thinking about what God wants for us. And then Paul, he just go back to the beginning, he says some really hard things, and I can't imagine saying this to a king. He says that he preached to all these people, and what he preached to them was that all must repent of their sins, turn to God, and prove they've changed by the good things they do. Okay, think about that. Repent of your sins. First of all, you have to admit you're broken in order to say that you have sin, and then you have to turn away from that sin, which you may enjoy, and turn towards God. That's a surrender to something greater than yourself. Now, we think when we turn around, we have to run back to God, but the reality is when we turn around, God's been chasing after us the whole time. He's right there, ready to pick us up. And so when we turn to God, our life has to be changed. He talked at the beginning about this obedience. We have to obey what God wants us to do. That's not a popular thought in our culture, and it was not popular when Paul said it 2,000 years ago. And lastly, it says, prove they've changed by the good things they do. It doesn't mean that we do good things in order to earn our way into heaven. It means that because we've been given so much, including eternity with God, we should change our lives to do good things so the world will see. Let's pray. God, I pray that there would be people in front of us and around us who may or may not look like us, God, that we would have the courage to not only invite to church, but to share the gospel with to transform their lives, to tell who you are, to tell about the hope that you have, the hope that we have in you, God, to tell about how our lives are bad without you and how you transformed them and how surrendering to you is one of the best decisions that we could make. God, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.